Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy December 1st. Welcome to TC Live as the tennis season continues. The cool kids in Saudi Arabia for the next-gen finals. We're about to find out who is the ultimate now. A lot to get to over the next half hour on your post-game show here. Coming to you from our studios in Santa Monica, California, Steve Weisman in between a couple of my friends. We got Prakash Amitraj. We got the world number 34 Wimbledon quarterfinalist. Chris Eubanks back in the house. First time the three of us. Have been to get, how, how are we doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Uh, doing great. I just want to, end of the year here, I mean, you've been doing a little bit of everything, but in addition to the ranking and, of course, the, the bank account going up, the lifestyle has changed. I mean, you got celebs in your world. You got all sorts of stuff. How's the, how's the oh, adjustment no, no. feeling? No, I'm still the same me. Because I'm, still the, I'm still the same me. Don't listen to that. I don't know He's who a you've celeb been, now. I don't know who you've been talking to, but you should stop talking. No, it, it, in all seriousness, though, Things have been really good. <laughs> Funny enough, ironically, things have been really good. No, my career has really taken off. Things have just kind of started to move in the right direction. Just kind of reinforced a lot of the hard work that I've been doing to kind of get to this point. Has all been worth it. I would have loved for it to happen a little bit sooner, not five or six years into me being a professional player. But I'll take it. I'll take it. We're here now. Hopefully we can continue this, uh, continue to take care of my body, allow this thing to last as long as possible. But in the meantime... I'm here with you guys, which is no Come other on. place I'd rather be. I mean, it, it all started at TC, right? It I all mean, started at TC. People forget <laughs> that. It all started at TC. Coming, sitting here, watching matches, analyzing with you guys has really kind of gave me a, a lot better perspective. And from that point on, things really took off. See you using the problem-solving brain when you're out on the court there. You know, you go into the analyst's mind and uh, figure out those solutions like you've been doing all year. Yeah, not getting as, as emotional as I used to get when things weren't going well. Saying, this guy's playing so good. He's playing so... No, let's take a step back. How would I call this match? What, what would I be telling myself if I were in the booth? Yeah. And it allows for me to remove some of the emotion and just think logically on the court. And I think that's helped me a lot. Uh, we remember last year at, at this time, you know, ranked like 124 right. in the world. You're playing those challengers, those finals against Ben Shelton, and then the Miami quarterfinals. Then you win a title in Mallorca, Wimbledon quarterfinals. When are we going to see you next on court? What's next? Uh, first, starting off the year, leaving the day after Christmas, heading to Hong Kong. I'm going to start off in the Hong Kong 250, then go to Auckland, play a tournament that I got to play last year. I actually qualified in and won around. I'll be in the main draw this year. And then heading to Melbourne, so I'm super excited. Melbourne, Australia in general, has always been a place that I've played some of my best tennis. I enjoy going to Australia. The people, the culture, it's such a good time. Hot and humid conditions typically is where I play my best tennis. Uh, so I'm excited to get down there and get down under. Qualies. Qualies. What's that? <laughs> guy doesn't know the name of Qualies anymore. The man might be seated <laughs> That's right. in Melbourne That's right. coming up right. next year. Privileged to have you back with us here at Tennis Channel on the TC Live desk. Always. Let's get it going, though. We've got the next gen with, with the OG next to me now, <laughs> Big Banks, starting it off with the semifinals of Saudi Arabia. French tennis, by the way, Prakash, in good hands with Arthur Fis and Luca Van Asha. Yeah, they got to be feeling great watching this match over here. I mean, Arthur Fis, probably my most favorite of the youngster group coming up here, and you can see why. Very explosive tennis. 
Van Asche was really, really solid in that first set. Ends up taking it 4-2, but then after that, Feast really turned it up a notch. Ended up taking the second 4-1, serving really big. Takes a lot of pressure off the return games when you're able to serve at such a high percentage. Nine aces, close to 90% on first serves one and second serves one. Push it into a breaker here. Pretty quick court over there, so when you're serving well, taking care of your serve, you can, uh, you can find yourself in breakers quite easily. Tell you what, the next breaker though came down to the wire, ends up squeezing past 8-6. And uh, guys, I don't know how you feel. I'm loving the singles lines. I think it looks super dope. Well, it's Chris. Agreed. And I, I, I'd love to see Artur kind of embracing Saudi with the CR7 Sioux celebration <laughs> after each and every one of his wins this week in Saudi Arabia, playing some phenomenal tennis. We're going to see tomorrow if we can get one more Sioux out of him as he embarks on five over $500,000 to win the next-gen ATP Finals. Mama. Big, big Ronaldo fan is uh, Arthur Fies. His coach, by the way, Sergey Bruguera, big, messy fan. So a little bit to give him some, some, some crap about that. 24 winners, had 10 more of those. Obviously, Prakash mentioned the serving as well. Let's hear from the man himself, Arthur Fies. So great, great, great friends. I mean, we know each other since we are probably nine. So I came on the court with the mindset that I can win. So it was uh, much more easy. I mean, uh, the first set was tough. He was playing very good. He was defending so well, like running very fast. And then uh, I keep my focus and uh, I'm really happy about this win. And now uh, I'm waiting for the finalists. Yeah. Listen, uh a little younger than you are, but had somewhat of a year, kind of like you started, you know, deep in the rankings. Now he's 36 in the world, 19 years old, got his first title this year as well. How has he made his jump this season? I think he's just an extremely confident player. You look at all the tools that he brings to the court. He has such a big serve, such a dynamic mover, really big, heavy forehand. I highlighted during his match earlier, has some of the most RPMs on his forehand at around 3,300 RPMs on the forehand side. His backhand is also extremely reliable, extremely dependable. So there's really no hole in his game, I think it's just having to find a way to put all of those tools together the right way. He's found that. He's been able to gain confidence, started early in this year, advancing deep into Marseille, his home country in France, and then just kind of took that momentum and rolled with it. I think he's just riding such a high of confidence right now is why you're seeing him progress up the rankings so quickly. I, I think a big key for him, actually something that uh, comes to mind when I think about your game too, Banks, is the fact that when you have so many different shots, when, when something presents itself to you, it's not as simple. You know, to be able to pick and choose when you come up with each shot, when you have so many options, when you get a backhand slice, you know, you can go drop shot, you can go deep, you can go cross-court corner. How do you pick and choose and really settle into your game? So I think finding his identity, continuing to find his identity as a player will be one huge element. And two, at the top of the game, at the top of the game, you see the greatest athletes that we have. And Feast has that. The way he moves out there, I mean, the kid is grease lightning. You talk about him being a dynamic mover, being able to do it on defense, being able to do it on offense. So as he starts to put that together, I don't even think we've really seen him scratch the surface of what he can do. Agreed. The, the former generation, are, some of them are still out there with the, with the Malfises, yep. you know, and the, 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 the Jill Simone's out there and, and guys like that who were never able to win a major. But make the top 10. Is, is Arthur Fees a guy that can actually win a Grand Slam? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You look at what he has and don't forget, he's only 19 years old. We, we, it seems like this year has just gone by so fast for him and it's like we begin to kind of get used to seeing him in main draw of 250s, main draw of Grand Slams. He started the year ranked outside 220 
in the world, and he's moved up so fast. I don't see any reason why he can't be a contender at Grand Slams, and I think he will be. And, and I, you find these young guys really pushing each other well. I think Ben's move into the semis this year of the U.S. Open has really been good, even for a guy like Arthur. A little friendly, friendly banter between the two of them. Arthur put up one of his hot shots from this week, talking about his speed, saying, you know, I, I, what do you think? If you guys go for a race, he named Shelton, a couple other guys, and Shelton reposted and said, I would smoke you, bro. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, Ben. <laughs> but I think it's healthy. I love this energy between the young guys. Always keep elevating each other. This is a guy who said if he has a, a dinner, he, he would invite Jordan. You'd invite Ronaldo the Rock. That's your kind of guy. That's my kind What's of dinner. Toe, right? can, we get, I mean, like... can we get another seat at that dinner? <laughs> maybe, that. maybe you're number five on that, on that list. I love, but I love that list. Said, you know, all those people say a lot about the kid. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. The, the second semifinal, uh, unfortunately, did not conclude. Dominic Stricker could not get it done physically in this match. But Medjedovic. Big Banks, I mean, he's had quite the week and quite the season as well. No, Medjedovic has been playing phenomenal tennis all week. He's one of the cleanest ball strikers I think I've ever seen. And to see him on these quicker indoor conditions, it all makes sense why he is undefeated so far. Dangerous off the forehand and the backhand. You could see he recognized early that Stricker may not be 100% in his movement. Decided to employ the drop shot a decent bit. Had a lot of success with it. And it was at around this point in the match that you just got the sense that something was brewing. Stricker just unable to really make a move for that ball. Got broken and then went and shook the umpire's hand to say that he was unable to continue. Such a sad way to end it. Last tournament of the year, last match of the year for Stricker. But if you're Majedovic, you take it, you move on to the final, and he's excited about it. Hamad, uh, difficult circumstances. I know you probably didn't want to win like this. Had you any idea that uh, Dominic was in such pain? Honestly, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's a really bad way to, to finish the match. I hope he, he gets better, you know, and feels better. He's a really great guy. We could play a really good match, but yeah. I was reading you actually played each other, didn't you, in a, a junior final about five years ago, and I think you had to retire on that occasion. So it seems like when you go head to head, uh, you can't complete the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played a very long time ago in the juniors, and uh, I had to retire, and today here, this is life, you never know what's going to happen. And yeah, I want to thank you all guys for coming out and supporting me. Listen, you, you hate to see retirement in any match, but it speaks to the length of this season, right? We're in December right now, and we're still playing tennis. By the way, we're going to start in December the, the next season, 2024. We're here for TC Live December 28th. I mean, that's wild, and, and guys getting injured. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, look, this is something we've all talked about uh, quite a bit over the last, you know, several decades. The season seems to be getting longer, and the game is just so rough on the body, and it's not just the body. I mean, look, you, of course, need four to six weeks to be able to do the kind of off-season you want to not just work on things, but also give your body a rest and kind of prime for those big events. And when you're at the absolute top of the game and you look at the most extreme version of it, a Novak Djokovic, he literally plays exactly just what he needs and rests and recovers and prioritizes around that. But in addition to that, Chris, a guy like you who's played a really full season this year, there's a different kind of physical and mental stress 
then even playing at, at the challenger level and then coming up here. So, you know, there's a mental recharge that, that needs more time as well. Absolutely, and, and I took full advantage of it this year. This is the first year in which I've had eight weeks of offseason to be able to use to try to rest the mind, rest the body, and then build everything back up to be in as good a shape as I can come the start of 2024. Not many guys, especially guys who are still playing now, are going to have that opportunity to take time off, build their body back up, and then find their peak form first week of January. It, 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 it's like you say, it's been spoken about before our generation. Players have always said that the season is too long. We need to shorten the season. We need to give ourselves time to rest, especially with the game being as physical as it is now. You hope that something can be done in the, in the years to come to try to shorten it, give players that time. Uh, I'm thankful that I was able to kind of take some time off at the start of November, and I'm in the middle of my offseason. But for poor Stricker, he's going to have to try to find time to rest, recoup, and get ready to go. Luckily, he will start off main draw of Australian Open, so I think that's a, that's a pretty big thing for him. So hopefully he can rest up. And if you're Majetovic, you just say, I just got to give it everything I have one more time. Just one more time against Artur Fis tomorrow, and then he can take a little bit of time off himself. He's like about resting in his offseason. I see the brother, 5.30 a.m. workouts That's every right. day over here. That's right. In that like you. That you know, awesome. Come on, Playboy, let's the go. discipline. I might need to get him to the gym this week. You know, Wally, Wally, He's got a fancy gym, Prakash. It's well, like I, private I and stuff. Like, you know, 34 in the world. Life. Like you know? everything, everything changes now. But it all stays the same, like the love Dr. Strange. All right, much more still to come here on TC Live. Do not go anywhere. We're talking about the ladies as well. Some first-time Grand Slam champions, some future Hall of Famers. How about Coco Golf winning in New York City? Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sabalenka is the Australian Open champ. How sweet this victory must feel. What a season we had for the ladies and Coco Golf going off. Four titles this year. Don't forget about that one in Auckland. Then, of course, the run during the summer, winning the 500 in D.C., the 1,000 in Cincinnati, and first Grand Slam singles title at the U.S. Open. She is at a career high, number three in the world. And don't forget about those doubles titles as well. Her and Jesse Pagula playing both singles and doubles at the WTA Finals in Cancun this year. You've been good friends with Coco for a long time. What are you most proud of for Coco this year? The person that she is. And it, it sounds so cliche, but the amount of success that she had at such a young age uh, came a lot of expectation or outside expectation from 
people saying, oh, well, if you're, you know, fourth-rounding Wimbledon at 15, we expect you to be win- winning it at 17. And as much as you try to block it out in the age of social media, you can't help but hear it. She even spoke about it in the uh, trophy ceremony at the U.S. Open. All the haters that began to doubt her and say that she would never do, she would never do great things, saying that her forehand wasn't good enough to win a Grand Slam. She heard it. She used it as motivation. And even despite going through and winning a 500, a 1,000, and a Grand Slam, she's still the same person going and supporting her younger brothers at their sporting events, still trying to understand this newfound fame and celebrity that's magnified times 10 since that U.S. Open. And she still remains such a great person to be around she's never lost herself and to me that is the biggest thing that i'm most proud of mm. such a great ambassador for our sport coco Gauff, at 19 years old wise beyond her years prakash what she did this summer though really stands out that run that chris just talked about i think it's not just the run but uh, you know there are a couple of things that stand out one is how she was coming into it chris as you talked about that forehand i mean you had all sorts of big tennis names saying oh maybe she should take off some time go work on that forehand she was as down mentally as you could possibly be but i'll never forget in that speech when she won in cincinnati she talked about you know even during those dark times god covered me you know she leaned very much on her faith and i think that was a huge part of her she brought it up again after winning the u.s open and the fact that that has been so important for her she leaned on that that helped her shine and then and then she gave that praise that that touched me so beautifully through the summer on the spiritual side of things and then on the tennis side of things every time she was up against it facing her destiny like in the final of that u.s open not playing her best tennis down a set to the number one player in the world to somehow find the grit and the heart to problem solve and find a way out in the biggest single moment of your tennis career so far what can you say? I mean, it's a, it's a culmination of this first early part of her career. Can't wait to see what comes next. Does that take some of the pressure off now that she's a major champion? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it should. She finally has, has proved the naysayers wrong. Some that said that she would never win a Grand Slam. She's been able to do that. And now it's about... How many will she get? So there's still going to be outside expectations. There's still going to be people saying that, you know, she can never get more than one or the people doubting the validity of that U.S. Open run. It doesn't matter at this point in, in her team and in her mind. She's done what she has done. Now let's just continue to enjoy this process. Let's just continue to put in the work that got her to this point. And I think she's enjoying the work more now than she ever has in any point of her career. And I would, too, if the work got me a Grand Slam. I'd enjoy doing all of the gritty work to kind of get to that point again. She's doing that. She's enjoying that. She has a great team around her. And I look forward to seeing her continue to do great things in 2024. It's interesting. You know, you think about a couple of people who, who got that first big breakthrough, obviously a completely different situation. But Dominic Team, after he won that U.S. Open, he said he really struggled for motivation after that. Chris, as you're talking about, I think this is the exact opposite. Somehow, you see even more of a hunger in her. It's now like unopened this door into this gateway of, oh, I'm stepping into my greatness now. So I I can't wait to see what she goes and improves, what she continues to do even better in the coming year. What's scary is she won the U.S. Open. Some say her best surface is clay. Mm -hmm. Her first big run at a slam was the round of 16 at Wimbledon. So, I mean, you got to put her as a as a possible favorite at at a lot of the slams. I mean, how many how many can she put up? I think the sky's the limit. And just like you said, we've seen players before kind of get their run, and we've seen Iga be so dominant on the clay. She's also done well on the hard court, not so much on the grass. We've seen players that kind of have their favorite surfaces and maybe struggle on other times. Not her. She can play on any surface. She can play against any opponent in any conditions. So I think, like you said, that poses the opportunity for her to win a lot, lot, lot of more tournaments, and sky's the limit. 
Also, I say uh, why not every time she enters a major, right? One hundred percent. And also, I, I do want to tag this with something non-tennis related because, you know, it is rare that you find a superstar like Coco Gauff who comes and transcends sport, who's able to bridge pop culture, the non-tennis world with the tennis world. And for someone so young to understand how big that platform really is and also kind of really make a point to speak her opinion on the things that are most important to her, I think that's very rare, and I think that's a huge gift to us, not just in the tennis world, but, but outside the tennis world as well. And, and also still, just be a kid. I mean, just follow her on TikTok, right? I mean, like, <laughs> she, I know she's mature, but like, she's a kid. She's, she's a having kid. fun. She's a kid. She's a kid. There are often times in which we're talking or we're hanging out, and I have to remind her, I'm like, oh, yeah, you are still 19. I, I keep forgetting because I get so used to people always talking about her maturity, which she is so mature, wise beyond her years, but she still has her moments in which she just wants to be a kid. I, I was speaking to her just a couple days ago, and she was excited to go see the Beyonce Renaissance movie. That's what she was most looking forward to coming into this weekend, so I think she was able to do that. I can't wait to talk to her and see how it is. Um, but she still looks forward to having fun with her friends, going and supporting her brothers, having just good family time with her family. And it's, it's something that you don't really see that often. You see people who are great, especially at a young age. They are just so all engulfed in tennis, and tennis is their life. Tennis is a part of who Coco Golf is, and ten but tennis is not who Coco mm. Golf is. Congratulations on a magical 2023. The best is yet to come for Coco Golf. We'll see what 2024 holds. For the Teenage Superstar, when we come back, we have been counting down all year long. The most sublime shots, magnificent matches, phenomenal points. It's the best of the best of the year. Hey, he was. Got like 300. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's an amazing point. That's just big hitting there. Mark that down for best of the best. Well, we're counting down best of the best 10 through 6. That was number 10. Algebra between the legs, front side. And Chris, how about Iga Sviantek here? Sliding off the left leg, I think it's such a difficult thing to do. I still barely know how to slide on the right leg, let alone the left leg. And to still have the wherewithal to go around the net post, one hand, backhand. Very well done by the world number one. She is back to number one in the world. And then Hubie Hercotch, Prakash. Well, you don't expect this. I mean, he's such a big guy. You don't necessarily know him for his movement. And how lackadaisical he was going, man, you know what? I'm done with this point. Why not? Last minute, flick past Bublik. Do we see a, a racket break after that from Bublik or not? Well, and Bublik, he probably applauded and that, said, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> At number seven, we go to Bogota. Just Laura Pagosi. Brilliant hands by Laura Pagosi with the little slide and flick. You can see the celebration. You got to wonder, how often does she practice that shot? I know many players that will try it in matches. You don't really see it in practice, but when they execute it, that's when they look at the coach and say, I told you so. On the backside. At number six, don't sleep on Nicholas Barrientos. Now, you know there is nothing I like more than a perfectly executed dive. Check this out here. Goes into the open court. Stop, drop, and roll over the shoulder. Rolls, gets back up. And on top of that, ladies and gentlemen, wins the point. Stop, drop, and roll. I mean, that was fire right there. Perfect. I mean, just look at this. As soon as he strikes it, left hand goes down first, forearm goes, then the shoulder, then the back, rolls, momentum up.
Boom Boom would have been proud of that one. <laughs> you, know? you, you ever dive on a hard court? No, no. I've had a couple of dives this year on Many the grass times. court, Many once times. against Cincy Pops, but never really. My hips are a little too bony for that precaution. <laughs> if I fall, I might not get up. You need a little more. A little more I need, that a, little bit, I need a little right more here. muscle to pad these hip bones because I promise you, if I fall like that, it won't end too well. And to get back up and then win the point. I mean, so, and, and that's only that number six, top by the way. I think that should have been top five. Okay. We'll I see, love that. We'll see what we got tomorrow. But we do have one more bonus best of the best for you today. How about this one from the Australian Open? Andy Murray, Tanasi Kokonakis. What an insane match this was. And by the way, check the score here. Two sets to love and a break a down and break point. For this point to come at this juncture? Prakash, I can remember watching this match live, and I immediately said this point, this match turned on this point. Yes. Murray just playing a classic Murray cat and mouse point, throwing up the patented lob. And if you're Kakanakis, you see that, and Murray getting the crowd involved. See, see, you had your analyst brain on talking about this is a turning point. I was watching this with Weissman. I had my fan hat on. I was saying, get him, King! Get him! <laughs> is this when that started? Is that's this when that get started. Him started at this that, point? And we have to give it to him at Indian Wells. Yeah, I mean, that, 36 years young, being able to track balls down like that. I mean, that will make you smash rackets. Oh, absolutely. And it's just seeing how the mess turned after that, getting that crowd rowdy, Murray giving his patented, oh, can you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Oh, man, I would have hated to have been on the other side of that point if I were Tanasi Kokonakis. I tell you what, though, when something like that goes down, that Melbourne crowd late in the day, that's something else. Mm. Is Andy Murray winning another title? I think he can win another title. I don't know how big the title will be. I think there's, as we talked about, the season is so long. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of opportunity, specifically on the grass. He kind of measured his grass court season this year, trying to just make sure he primed for Wimbledon. I think he has it in him to win another title. You never can count out a player who's done what Andy Murray has done, a champion with that type of competitive fire. I think he can. It'll be interesting to see if he does. I really want him to have another run at a Grand Slam. Mm. Like, have a deep run there. But the only concern is those best-of-five set matches. You know, yeah. it takes a different kind of toll. And, and Andy's not one of those guys. He likes to wear you down. He doesn't mind having those long points. So, uh, you know, as he continues to improve and try to find that success that we all know he's capable of, I'd like to see him trying to, you know, as Jordan got older, he added the fadeaway, all these kind of different elements. He's got everything. You know, try to shorten points a bit. Try to use the serve and volley a little bit more. Those kind of things. We'll see. Best of five could be tough, but I don't think he's playing if he doesn't believe himself that he can make another run at a major. I don't think he's playing just to win I agree with that. or 500s. I agree. Uh, we'll have the top five of the best of the best. See what beat uh, your guy. Barrientos. At, at, at number six. Uh, speaking of legends uh, playing tennis next year, how about this guy? Rafa Nadal is coming back. He will be in Brisbane to get ready for the Australian Open, Chris Eubanks. Oh, super excited to have one of the best competitors in the history of our game back, hopefully healthy, and looking forward to making some better memories in Australia. It's a place in which he's had a decent amount of success, ironically enough, and I can't wait to see him get back on the court. Really look forward to having you back, Rafa. Can't wait to see you. You know, it was very unfortunate, you know, the way we saw him leave uh, Australia last year. Mackie played that fantastic match and, and Rafa just you know he was wincing the whole time through and that's just not a Rafa we're, we're used to seeing but the good news is that that we all know for a player like a Rafa like a Novak like a Roger you know yourself so well and there's no way you're getting yourself your body to a point where you can just come back and play if he doesn't think he can compete the way Rafael Nadal competes I don't think he's going to commit to come coming back and playing so I love to see it I love the fact that he's playing Brisbane trying to build himself up for the Australian Open so far, all good signs. A guy that needs match play, but uh, Chris, we have seen him on the court and videos he's put out in the training room as well, putting in all those hard yards.
Yeah, and I think that's just a testament to him letting his fans know, I want to come back. Oftentimes, players will kind of take their hiatus. You don't really hear much from them. Rafa's letting his fans know, hey, I want to come back. I'm doing everything that I possibly can to get my body healthy. Back training at the Nadal Academy. I hear he's been getting some good work in. He's feeling good. He's feeling healthy. So it'll be interesting. Brisbane's going to be a really, really interesting tournament. I can't wait to check out some of those matches. Getting the guy back, Rafa Nadal, and it's going to be extremely special. I, I think it's the right moment to be back. And Prakash, you also said, I want to go out on my own terms. I, I'm not working this hard just to come back for a, a see you later tour. Hey, I'm playing Paris one more time. It's like, I want number 15. So if he believes it once again with these guys, bet against them at your own peril. And you also got to realize that there was, a, for such a long time, there was such a delta between Rafael Nadal and the rest of the rest of the uh, com competition on clay, that even a Rafa who's not the way he was is still going to be one of the favorites to possibly win the title. And it's an extremely special year. It's not just an Olympic year, but uh, gentlemen, wh where are the Olympics at this uh, year? Paris. Oh, a little, a little red clay thrown in there. So that's that's a couple cracks at some big titles. All right, moving on. Uh, how about this? Congratulations to Jesse Pagula, named to Forbes' list of 30 under 30 in the sports category. Superstar on the court, obviously one of the top five players in the world. And superstar off the court, starting a bunch of businesses as well. I thought this was really cool to see, Chris. Yeah, I've got to know Jesse over the past few months a bit more. We kind of always knew of each other, but as of recently, we've actually got a chance to kind of hang out in group settings. And she's a phenomenal person, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. She's also very good in escape rooms. We, we, we got a chance to take a little bit of a group trip in Rome this year to go to an escape room. But to see her finally getting the recognition that she deserves, I think that people within the tennis community have always admired Jesse. They've always admired her work ethic, how much she puts into the game. So really excited that she's finally getting that recognition on a more global scale outside of the sport of tennis. Yeah, I've always been such a tremendous fan of Jesse because, look, it's not, it's not easy when, when you come from the background that she's come from to still be able to develop that kind of hunger that she has. You don't get to number three in the world without that kind of hunger. So I've always admired her for that. And then to be able to take what she's done and still be so interested in growing the business aspects of her entire brand and portfolio, I always find really I impressing because I love when people continue to grow from wherever they're at. I think it's a never-ending process as you continue to get older and... Um, and, and as you said, she's just completely unaffected. She's <laughs> just completely an ordinary down-to-earth girl, which is, uh, which is very tough to do when you're at that level. We talk about tennis uh, trans athletes transcending the sport. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of that on the women's side, whether it was Serena or Osaka. And to have somebody like Jesse Pagula on this list, I mean, Forbes 30 under 30, that's huge in all these categories. And to have a tennis player, I think it's big for our sport. Absolutely. And we're saying that our top two American women are doing things to transcend the sport globally. It's not just within the sport anymore. We saw Serena and Venus do it for so many years. We've seen other champions also do it. But also now with the age of social media, with, with the age of kind of being able to speak your mind and get your voice out there and tell your own story, I think Coco and Jess have done a phenomenal job of getting that out there, of expanding the reach and allowing fans all over the world to be interested in tennis, in women's tennis. And I think they're doing a great job, and I hope they continue to do to do so. And, and Jesse Pagula will start the season by trying to defend the United Cup. Team USA won it in the inaugural United Cup. And how about Taylor Fritz coming back with Jesse Pagula, Desiree Kravchek, Alicia Parks, Dennis Kudla, and Rajiv Ram. That is the squad for Team USA for the United Cup, Prakash. Our coverage begins December 28th. It goes through Saturday, January 6th. We'll be here. TC Live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on December 20th. This is less than a month away. Get your resolutions ready, player. <laughs>
That's right. Can't wait for the resolution. We got to go to the Maldives before we do that, though. Uh, we'll wrap up TC Live after this. Eubanks, Amitraj Weissman back with, we've got a couple hot shots of the day. There was an EXO in Mexico City, Tommy Paul Carlitos Alcaraz going at it. Well, uh, arguably my, my favorite matchup to watch on the, on the tour, if not one of the couple, because it's always a banger. But check this out. I mean, the kid was going for the highlight from the start, Conti grip, then a little dinkum, fake the tweener, and then yeah. what, what was this? I, I don't know if he came over the ball, under the ball, TP can't believe it. Goodness. <laughs> We're not worthy, Carlitos. And for you, Eubanks, we, we got this one from the next-gen finals. You know, I know a thing or two about a one-hand backhand, <laughs> but I can't quite figure out how in the world he made this one. Not with an absolute gem of a backhand <laughs> flick. I don't know if it had top spin, underspin, side spin. I just know the ball went exactly where he wanted it to go, landed just inside the line. And such a big moment, too. First one of the breaker. Really impressed with Luca Nardi here. Do we do we call this a slice? Do we call it a hit? What, what do you call it? It's almost like a cricket shot. The racket just went straight down, and he was able to flick it. Well done. It's a little bit of a cricket shot. That's the hottest of the hots. All right, Arthur Fees, Samad Medjedovic, the two guys that have gone undefeated in Saudi Arabia, going head to head for what, how much is it? Big Over five hundred thousand coins. Goodness. <laughs> Goodness. That's a lot of coin. That's a way, that's a nice way to spend the offseason, Prakash. You know as well as I do. Usually players spend money during the offseason. These guys are out here making money. So that's really impressive for them. All right, uh, Prakash, what's going to be the biggest factor to determine the winner? I think it's going to be execution on the side of Feast. I, I think he's got a bit more juice than, than Majedovic does. I mean, Majedovic is very solid from the baseline. He's been fantastic all week. I just think if they both play well, Feast's uh, power is going to be able to overtake him. And he has a stronger serve, too, on a quick court like this when you're serving well. He brought nine aces today. That's going to take a lot of pressure off. So assuming they both uh, bring a high level, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Frenchman. You'll be on the call tomorrow with Jason. You've been watching these guys all week long. Who do you think is going to take it? I like Artur Feast. I think he's done a good job of embracing the crowd with the CR7 celebration. Fans have really started to get behind him. So I think the energy from the crowd is going to be a big factor. I think Feast will have the crowd on his side. And I look forward to Feast getting the win. I look forward to a little Big Bang's commentary again. I, you, you and Jason have been great. I mean, I've been loving it. Your guy, Benny Schultz, you know, the hang up the phone. We got Fisa. Sue! What, we, what do we have for, what, what's, what are you going to do next year? I don't know. Stay tuned and we'll figure okay. it out. We, we, need, we need a celebration for our guy. Look at that. Arthur Feast going to try to be the next, next gen champion. But will Hamad Medjedovic spoil the plans? Big Banks on the call with Goodall tomorrow. For Precaution, Chris, I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live.